What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. We've got a jam-packed Run Your Mouth episode. We're swimming in topics. i got to get back to at least twice a week, but I can't be... I'm, I'm out here inspecting the parts to the border wall. All these unpaid... All these paid-for parts that they got sold off, and now we got to scrape through these piles, see what's still working so we can try and fill these parts of the fence that, sure, they would have liked to spend the money on other things. We, we, we could have been spending this money on barbed wire instead of fence because walls don't work. Fences are better. Everyone knows Biden's always been a fence guy. Anyways, listen, be, before we start jumping ahead on all the topics, getting distracted by these beautiful pallets of border walls that have been paid for by Donald Trump, let's remind everyone that even though summer's over, there's one place where summer still exists. I know you're already back in your office. You're already like, it's the end of September. I, I already look back on my summer going, I didn't do anything exciting for my entire summer. We've all been there where your summer just comes and goes and you goes, I didn't do an entire summer thing my entire summer. Well, I'm giving you one more opportunity to enjoy summer while you still can in the one place where it's still summer and that's summer porch tour, even if it's in October. But Las Vegas is hot in October. So come out, Las Vegas, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. And of course, maybe you're one of these people who doesn't wish it was still summer and you didn't want to celebrate summer. Well, guess what? You can come out to Europe because I'm a Europe touring act when I'm opening for much bigger names. But anyways, come out to Europe. Going to be out there with uh, Davey Smith, Louis J. Gomez, Zach Amico, and uh, the Vegas show is going to be a big one. If you've been sleeping on some porch store, you come out for uh, for Vegas. We're starting 6 p.m. You, Dude, you can pregame that Vegas show big time. DJ Dad's going to be out there. Ooh, are they a fun jam band. So get your tickets. Come hang out. All right. Um, Now, before we get into the new immediate need for items of obstruction at our border, we don't need a border wall. Walls are ineffective. The last thing we need down there are these pallets that have already been paid for. That were sold, but we might still be able to buy back for a little bit cheaper. Because what are people doing with these things? Are people putting the? That would be a fun thing to put up between you and your neighbor. And they're like, "Why is there a forty-foot fence between us?" Oh, I was able to get it for cheap on Craigslist when they were selling off the border wall parts, and I realized why well, get a little steel wiring when you can have a giant fence with tubes in it that I might be able to sell back to the government in a couple months. When they realized, oh, we actually do need a wall, but we're not calling it walls. No one needs a wall. What we need is uh, items of obstruction. Like if you guys can just like maybe donate your household items, that's what we can do. We can do a we can do a clean swap of if you need something between you and your neighbor, you can get one of these fine pieces of border wall to splat between you and your neighbor to separate you guys. Because but but it wouldn't work for like a for a border to keep people out. What they need is household items. If you've got a lot of junk on your lawn, if you're one of these white trash people with big old piles of shit that you're thinking maybe I'll bring to the dump one day or might just come in handy. Hey, who knows when I'll start wheelbarrowing again? Who knows when I might need that tire? I might get back into flipping tires. And and look at that pickaxe over there. You never know when I'm going to start pickaxing things again. So if you've got like random trash items on your front lawn, maybe what we can do is start just uh, sending that stuff down to the border because they're in desperate need of items of obstruction. Not a wall. A wall wouldn't be good. Walls aren't effective. I know they separate you from things within your house and sometimes countries from other countries. And, you know, sometimes uh, even historically, you know, walls have prevented Mongolians. But th- th- that's in the past. We've graduated from walls. What we need is items of obstruction. So if you ha- have household items that you might be able to send into the government as they uh, ready the border for items of obstruction, not a wall, 
your your contributions uh, would be appreciated. All right, now before we get into all those topics, uh, I was reading that part of the Gates outsting of uh, McCarthy was he wants those January 6th tapes. That's what he was saying. You know, I could do the whole episode like this, like like we're actually taking a tour of the border wall. Everyone like that? Anyways, uh, he said he wants to see those January 6th tapes. And uh, I'd like to see these January uh, January 6th tapes because then we could finally get the inside look at the FBI door opening squad. Let me tell you, I could use some skills at opening doors. I'm pretty good at opening doors. But I feel like if I ever want to step up my game, maybe get myself a job as one of these fancy valet people opening up doors... I'd like to see the skill set of these FBI people in their uh, door opening squad. SEAL Team Unit Door Opening 6, January 6, FBA squad. By the way, for all the women out there, um, I just want everyone in the world to know that opening doors for women isn't classy. You do it so you get a chance to check out their ass as a gentleman. So just in case people were uh, curious on the etiquette, firstly, hopefully they'll actually put out the January 6 video so that all of us at home can practice our ability at opening up doors and learn from some of the best at the FBI. Uh, and then also, if you're not sure about the etiquette of opening up doors, for always do it and then check out their ass. All right, so let's get into some topics. What do we got going on here? First, we've got the Donald Trump trial. Well, one of them. There's like seven of them going on. They're, it's hard to keep track of. You almost got to recap it in your brain. You're like, which one is this? Is this the January 6th one? Is this the dangerous documents that were in his house? Is this the uh, the Stormy Daniels one? Is this the Gene Carroll one? I don't know. It gets confusing keeping track of all the trials. But no, this is the one where uh, Donald Trump is in trouble uh, because, you know, he was overinflating his property values, then underinflating them when he's going to pay his taxes. And uh, at the end of the day, the people of New York City are upset because Donald Trump lied to them. And uh, if you guys are wondering what's been going on in this trial, day one of them sitting in there, it was basically uh, Trump and the accountants going, uh, he did it. It was his fault. That guy did it. The accountants going, nope, they gave us the false numbers. The accountant going, uh, well, he didn't look at the numbers. And then this is what's fun about legal documents is that everyone's got to sit there and you got to prepare these documents to hand over to this guy for that guy to sign off on, for the next guy to sign off of. And then all of them at the bottom, they see, apparently have these little bylines that say, everything in this document is bullshit. We have formally sat down and prepared numbers for you that we cannot verify as being accurate, but here's a reporting of formal numbers that we do not stamp the accuracy on at all. And then you get an accountant who sits down and he reviews the numbers and goes, I too will stamp this as being inaccurate. I will, <laughs> here's my formal stamp of approval that that company gave me inaccurate numbers and I am stamping that I have reviewed inaccurate numbers for you now to look at. It was their obligation to give me accurate numbers, and it was my obligation to stamp the fact that the inaccurate numbers were given to me. It's all those nonsense that exists on every document until you actually show up in court. And uh, apparently the only reason you ever show up in court for these things is if you uh, decide to run for president. They'll leave you alone. You know, I'm sure if we gave this kind of treatment to every single developer, building person in New York City, I'm sure everyone's going, hey, give me, and by the way, are any of these are any of these fraudulent loans underwater? Are any of the people that were scammed on these bad loans, these big bankers who we all need to have the deepest of sympathy in our hearts for bankers who give too much money on collateralized items and then profit off those loans? All of us. 
if there's anything that we should be on edge about, it's bankers who made money off of loans. That means that the that the bankers, uh, it worked out better for them because they got to lend out more money and earn more interest on the money. But that's fun, just spending a day in court going, Your Honor, I'd like to point out, it says right here on these documents that everything we put in here was bullshit. We spent a lot of time preparing the facts and figures for this document to neatly present our bullshit, and it was that accountant's fault for signing off on our bullshit. And then the accountant goes, no, I, I certify that what was on the paper was bullshit. They gave me bullshit on a paper, and I put my stamp of bullshit approval on it. That should have been an accountant. What a job. Here's a picture of Donald Trump sitting in court, and I feel like not enough people are talking about Donald Trump sneering. He's a world-class sneer. Look at that face. He actually showed up in court. I feel like sometimes Donald Trump really does think he's got magical powers. And he was like, if I just stare at this judge enough, he'll realize he'll just disappear. Donald Trump is staring at him like a raging bull. Look at this guy. He's like, if I show up in court and I really stare at this judge, he's going to know I mean business. You think Donald Trump sat at home for a day and he practiced his sneering? He was like, I'm going to have to spend a whole day in court really showing this judge that I don't appreciate what he's doing to me. And, uh, you know, we're going to play a video of Donald Trump in a second because usually he keeps his cool. Usually you don't see Donald Trump being all that angry. He's getting out of cars, doing his little fancy, fancy dances. He's doing, he's got his disco energy. You very rarely see Donald Trump very upset. But in this case, after spending a whole day in court sneering at this judge, letting this judge know that he doesn't appreciate him having his buildings taken from him one bit, uh, it was a pretty unhappy Trump. I did like this one quote from the judge where uh, apparently every single time, like the uh, the lawyers for Donald Trump were uh, making these grand presentations and they're giving this uh, this accountant shit and they're going, listen, we didn't give you false numbers. The accountant prepared the false numbers. And we even put onto the document that these numbers are full of horse shit and that the bank should go verify the numbers for themselves, as did the accountant. The accountant also sat there and said, I certify that these numbers are full of shit. But here's a nice document of things that are totally irrelevant and useless information for you to do your own homework. Uh, let's read the one quote, because I enjoyed this. This is from the judge. There's no jury here, he said, reportedly prompting an exasperated response from Trump 77, who threw his arms in the air while sitting with his attorney at the defense table. Who are you talking to? Me, the press, or the audience? It's fun that Trump probably goes everywhere just like, you know, to him, he's always playing for the home audience. And in this case, the judge is like, you're talking to me. I'm the only person you have to convince. <laughs> and they're putting on this grand show. Donald Trump lives his whole life this way. There's like, uh, Mr. Trump, there's no audience here. It's just me and you. Um, oh, People were talking about whether or not Donald Trump might be able to run for uh, Speaker of the House. Apparently, he is not allowed to because there's a law on the books. I believe it's a not a general law. I believe it's a law from the Republicans that if you're a part of ongoing criminal, uh, I don't think it's investigations. I think it's in uh, lawsuits. You're not allowed to be Speaker of the House. So I believe that based off of a technicality, Donald Trump will not be able to be Speaker of the House which uh, I like to think of Do uh, Donald Trump when he hears news like this, where he sits in his lair like Dr. Claw, and he just goes, That stormy slut got me again. All right, let's see Donald Trump actually pissed off. Because usually Donald Trump, he keeps his cool. But in this instance, here we go. Donald Trump, pretty pissed. Today, if you read the New York Law Journal, they basically say they have no case against Trump. But I'm here, stuck here, 
I can't compare. I'd rather be right now in Iowa. I'd rather be in New Hampshire, South Carolina, or Ohio, or a lot of other places, but I'm stuck here because I have a corrupt attorney general that communicates with the DOJ in Washington to keep me nice and busy because I'm leading Biden in the polls by a lot. That's all this is. This is election interference. They made a you know what he's really trying to say in his head is, don't you take my fucking buildings. I've taken all your horse shit for five years. Now you're going to take my buildings, my beautiful buildings that have Donald Trump displayed right on the side of them. Do you understand the deals that I had to work out with the Saudis in order to take up waterfront property, block other people's views, and put up buildings that would proudly display my name for the American people? You can't do this to me. I like it. I called it last week where he would be the guy who can't like he, you know, he's practically up there going, listen, I'm not like Biden. I'm capable of campaigning. I understand that Biden's got to hang out in his home, try and read teleprompters and get walked around with hand signal systems so that he can figure out where staircases start, begin, what the end of the stage is and what direction he's supposed to work, walk in. But not me. I'm a young, virile man. I could be out there actually campaigning. But no, you got me stuck in courts. But really what he's thinking is, don't you touch my fucking buildings. A fake case. They're fraudulent people. And the judge already knows what he's going to do. He's a Democrat judge. He's going, he's going with the argument of that lady that was on a plane. That's a fake judge in there. In all fairness to him, he has no choice. He has no choice. He's run by the Democrats. I know this city better than anybody knows this city. There's nobody knows it like I do. He's a Democrat judge out of the clubhouses. He's controlled, and it's a shame. What's going on here is a shame. Our whole system is... If you're experiencing unbelievable rage like Donald Trump right now, let's take a moment, plug our sponsor, YoDelta.com, the only place in the entire world where you can... Well, there's other places with Delta products, but they don't all sponsor the show, and I can't vouch for their gummies. So if you want to get yourself a big bag of Waterman gummies that you can just uh, be munching on forever, get an eye for a really long time, or the vape pens, which are my personal favorite, nice even burn, ain't going to stink like weed, you go to YoDelta.com, use promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off. And of course, if you're super into Kratom products... Only one place in the world you can get yourself an entire kilo of Kratom for $60. YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. All right, let's move on to our next topic, which is uh, the immediate need for uh, items to separate us between us and Mexico. Apparently, there's so many people pouring into Mexico that even myocarditis is admitting to the fact that there's a problem. I mean, don't call it a... uh, what was the word that they kept trying to use? And he was trying to say, well, it's an issue. It's something that we can, that we deeply care and consider. It's something that we are talking internally and looking to address, but we wouldn't call it a crisis. We wouldn't go so far as to say it's a crisis. Sure, it's something that needs to be addressed. And no, I wouldn't go so far as to say we need a wall. We just need something that could potentially separate us from them in a more permanent basis that they can't just continuously walk across and uh, invade our country. So let's read the uh, exact quote because uh, myocarditis is uh, starting to kind of change gears. I don't know how you get to keep your job. I don't know how for three years you get to go, no crisis, we don't need a wall, and then turn around, oh, maybe we did need that thing. Well, then put the other people there. Put the people that would have done that three years ago. Uh, I finally realized that everyone else in this position uh, was probably right, so I'm going to pivot to what their strategy was that could have worked three years ago. 
but now I'm going to do it now, but I still get to do it and keep my job. All right, here we go. This is from ABC News. There is presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers. Not a wall. Don't, don't be using the word wall. We're not looking for a wall. There's an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers and roads in the vicinity of the border of the United States in order to prevent unlawful entries into United States in the project areas. Remember, we don't need any walls. You see these giant slabs of metal that were already paid for by Donald Trump and could have gone up in these exact position years ago? We're not looking for anything like that up here. What we need is articles of obstruction. All right. And now, in the most government move of all time, because now, you know, we've been watching footage, people pouring over the border, and we're going to get to the Israel stuff later in the day, later in this episode, where we're going we're gonna to talk all sorts of Israel stuff. How are we seeing so much more footage of what's going on in Israel right now than we've been seeing from Ukraine or, like, the border? Why, why is it all of a sudden, like, where you're getting front-eye views of, uh, of all sorts of the terror in live action, and when it seems to come to all these other things going on in the world... You know, you really got to dig deep. You got to go on Telegram. You got to be searching DuckDuckGo. Why is it on Why is it on the Israel thing that immediately it's all right in front of us? But for so many of these other topics, like even the border wall stuff, isn't it a little bit surprising that you don't see constant coverage on Fox News? You see, like, people like Elon Musk or uh, even uh, Kennedy going down to the border and being like, yep, this looks pretty bad, and I'm seeing non-Americans. Why isn't it something that we see constant coverage? By the way, maybe there is on Fox News. I'm not watching Fox News, but I'm just saying when I go over to Twitter, it's like every once in a while you see some fringe video of uh, uh, of uh, infrared video and you see like tons of people crossing or you see random videos of uh, a mom uh, using cardboard to get their child underneath the uh, barbed wire fence. But it doesn't seem to be as in your face, and particularly when it comes to Ukraine stuff. When was the last time you saw footage of the war on Twitter uh, from either side, of either the Russians taking a beating or the Ukrainians take a beating? It's a little bit odd what footage kind of makes it to us. And I understand we view Twitter as being a little bit more free speech and a little bit more open than some of these other uh, these other spots. And that's why that's actually the only place that we've even seen this stuff is by going to Twitter, but doesn't it just get a little bit odd what you actually are and aren't able to see, or what what information you actually do get confronted with? Anyways, we finally got myocarditis, and he's getting up, and we don't need a wall. Don't use that word. Nobody likes walls. Walls don't work. We just need something that can work as a barricade between us and them. And so, in explaining the problems of whether or not you know, we're going to need a wall because Biden this whole time going walls are inhumane. We don't think that that would be a good idea. We don't think that that would be the best way to keep these people out. So in the meantime, until we figure out the best way, we'll just let them all pour over. That was what the administration's take was like, listen, we're going to have to come up with something better than a wall. So between now and when we can come up with a perfect solution, we'll just try and get as many of them as open as possible. And just to prove to you that the walls don't work, look at how ineffective they are when you, um, uh, when you solder iron, open the uh, floodgates on them. You see, because the walls are so ineffective that they have slabs that if you open them up, now they, it's like there isn't even a wall there. And look at what happens when you stuck when you make these door hinges stuck to be in the open position. It's like there's not even a wall here, which showcases how ineffective the walls are. So while we continue to research what might be better than the wall, 
and not putting up all these unused parts that were already paid for, um, we'll let them pour in until we can come up with this perfect solution. But now, Biden's got to answer for why it is that he seems to be 180-ing, why even myocarditis is going up there and saying that we're going to need items of obstruction, not a wall, but items of obstruction at the border. And so here is Biden explaining what the situation is. A spokesperson for U.S. Customs and Border Protection, which will oversee the new wall construction, said the Biden administration has to move ahead because it is required to spend the remainder of more than a billion dollars Congress had allotted in 2019 to border wall construction. Congress required the government to spend the money by the 2023 fiscal year, which ended September 30th. Up until then, the administration had been calling on Congress to rescind the funds. And this might be the most government move of all time, is that sometimes, I guess if you work in government, you just have to spend the money. And you cannot like walls. You cannot even think walls would work. But when someone else has already allocated that money needs to be spent, it has to be spent. Even Joe, even Joe Biden's up there going, who am I to stop the government from spending money that's already been allocated to be spent? Sure, I think that this money could be better used. Sure, I believe that this money could even be saved. In fact, I think that this is a complete waste of funds and overlooks exploring better options that could better fix this problem. But my God, if the government has said that we need to spend this money, it would be unlawful and against this very position to save the funds. Because inherently, the role of government is to spend money needlessly and wastelessly. And so if this money has already been allocated to be spent, I refuse to stand in the way of that money. Isn't that the most incredible excuse you've ever heard? The government going, listen, I think that this is a total waste of funds. And I understand that I'm in charge of this operation. But at the end of the day, if we have a legal obligation to throw money into a well, I'm not going to stop it from being thrown into a well. My God, that earlier Congress voted on throwing money into a well. And now, on money being thrown into a well day, I refuse to stop them because that would be unlawful. Is it unlawful when you just write executive orders that get overturned three months later? I mean, how often does the government just uh, overstep and go, hey, here's a new policy, and then it takes six years until you find out, hey, that was an overstep. But when it comes to getting in the way of money being spent, there is no president out there. There's no organization. There's no individual in all government that will stand up and go, we all agree that that's throwing money into the garbage. But this is, hey... We've already voted for money thrown into the garbage, and we're not going to stop that process. All right, here was the next most. Uh, oh, and here is Biden actually commentating on it. Here we go. Here's the video. Answer one question on the border wall. The border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what it was appropriate. I can't stop that can't stop the spending of money. If there's one thing in government, everybody knows if money's been allocated, you gotta spend it. All right. This is the other unbelievable government excuse for the situation down at the border. I was talking about this when you had the uh, piling up of the uh, old decommissioned shipping containers. So 
I would like to know, and if someone out there can actually do this math, I was trying to do a little bit of research, and then I got distracted, and then I ate lunch, and then I gave up. So email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'm looking for two figures. What would it cost to complete the border wall, I guess, the way that, you know, Donald Trump had had it allocated? And what would it cost to actually, like, have a complete total wall start to finish, I guess, except for where there's already mountains and shit so that it's unnecessary? Can someone get me the actual number? Because I find that I never see what the total number is. It seems like when government wants things to get done, what they do is a drip-drop approach where they go, oh, we finally got the approval for $100 billion for the Ukraine. And then three months later, oh, it's $77 billion. You're like, wait, was that? So now we're at $177 billion. Oh, there's another $19 billion approved. Oh, sure, I can't let this keep people not have to pay their student loan bills, but here's a billion dollars so that this group, and then in the next month, it's another billion dollars. And then you start losing track. We're like, how much do these things cost like could we have had a border wall start to finish for the amount of money that we've already spent in the ukraine i'm asking i don't know if you're out there and you actually have these facts and figures sometimes we get people in this audience that they go hey i actually work on capitol hill or i'm actually a doctor at this organization or i actually work on the fencing committee obstruction items at the border which are not a wall committee if you're out there and you've got the actual information on this, robsnewsroom at gmail.com, give me some clean figures on what the total cost of this wall would be, and let's compare it to what we spent on the Ukraine war. But anyways, one of the reasons, and it just feels like a nonsense non sequitur, but the reason why we can't put up items of obstruction between us and Mexico is because uh, you got wildlife. You've got, you got these cats, you got these other things. Which, by the way, that's got to be... Can you talk about the most offensive thing in the entire world? Is imagine if they actually, like, built a border wall and there was chaos on the Mexican side and every once in a while they stopped the chaos and opened up the wall so that a cat could pass through. They said, excuse me, we don't care about the human life and suffering and the indecency that's going on on your side, but at the end of the day, there is this small cat that needs to cross. Now, I don't understand why the cats can't just live on the, or why, can we put up a sign, let the cats know that we're putting up a wall and that they might as well just come into the American side while they still can? Or maybe they prefer the Mexican side. We, I don't know. I don't know what, what life is like for wildlife in Mexico. Maybe it's a better life. Maybe the weather's nicer. They've got better trash. I have no idea. I've never been a cat down in Mexico. That might be the best time you've ever had as a cat. They've been sending word back. It's actual trash remittances from Mexico to the cats in in, in America. So th this is what happened when, uh, you know, the, the cost of the decommissioned um, uh, the, 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 the freight containers, I believe, were cheaper than the actual border wall, which are sitting right here being sold for parts. You can have this between you and your neighbor. The commemorative piece. Invite Donald Trump over to sign it. And then Roger Waters to sign the other side. Anyways, uh, the decommissioned freight parts are actually cheaper. Now, it would seem to me you throw one freight thing on top of another freight thing, that, that's even more effective than border wall. Border wall is a single wall. Now you've got two walls. You can fill the inside with the barbed wire. You can do the top with barbed wire. You might even be able to dig into the ground. Put one in the ground. You pile three up for less cost than a border wall. Sounds to me like you already got your border wall, right? So they said, hey, Arizona can't place these items here because that's bad for the wildlife. And then they were claiming the same thing when it came to building these actual border wall parts was that it's bad for the wildlife. Now, 
Biden, he can't violate the law and let unspent money that was allocated to be spent get pivoted to whatever his preferred treatment for this wall would be. Remember, if you're if you're Joe Biden, walls don't work. There's better items that could be paid for, and we're not going to pay for them. We're not going to actually go ahead and prove the concept. It's just a theoretical, there would be a better thing. And so it doesn't make sense to solve this at all because of the theoretical basis that we have something that would be a better solution. And we're not going to enact that better solution or pivot the resources to this other solution. I get confused. I'm even getting confused trying to explain their bullshit. But now, forget pivoting to what he thinks would be more effective. That's a law that he won't violate. Money has been allocated to be spent, and he must spend it. Spend it. But when it comes to uh, shelving, like, 26 federal wildlife laws, well, that he's willing to do. And all this talk about um, uh, the animal wildlife, it just seems like such a non-sequitur, nonsensical thing. Uh, and as proof of it, I was thinking to myself, how many times... I bet every time a building goes up anywhere in all the United States of America, you can make some sort of an argument that this is going to affect the wildlife. I'm sure everything affects the wildlife. And guess what? I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure when you go fence off your property, there's going to be one deer that's now going to have to go around instead of through. Do we, are we going to make all of our decisions based off of the deer? And so as proof of that, I just read this last week. It was two days ago, or maybe a day ago that I read this. About 1,000 birds killed after colliding into McCormick Place Lakeside Center in one tragic, deadly night. They got to get better guide birds out there. Some of these birds, not only can they not realize that they're about to fly into a building, and it's pretty fucking funny when you're standing next to something. Firstly, anytime anyone walks into a glass door, it's always funny. We've all done it. You know how many times I've walked through my screen? I have a completely demolished screen because I never remember that there's a screen there and I walk through it. I'm as dumb as a bird. But you've all been there. You're just sitting next to something. Boop! And then you just see a bird fucking splatter right up against a right up against a glass thing. It's hilarious every time. Sometimes they get up and they wobble along with the concussion. They, and then slowly they get back to the flapping their wings and they take off. But there's nothing funnier than a big fucking dumb bird leading a thousand birds who are supposed to be migrating, I guess, uh, south for the winter, migrating south for the winter. And for some reason, they can't realize that they're actually not just looking at open skies or their own reflection, getting confused. And then all the other birds don't realize, hey, that bird just flew into a building. So they all just fly into a building. But where's the nature talk about building buildings? Doesn't it just feel like a like a non oh of all the construction that takes place in America, the sacred ground between us and Mexico can't possibly have a wall because that would be bad for the environment. You're telling me that 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 for some reason that desert land is more important for the environment and needs to have it can't possibly have a wall there, whereas giant buildings that are taking out a thousand birds are okay. All right, and then here on this topic that I was ranting about just moments ago of I'd like to actually know the cost of this border wall because it seems like it's just something that for some reason the government doesn't want and so they won't put the funding towards, but with all the shit that we're wasting money on, it seems like it would be fairly affordable. And speaking of government wasting money, this was an article in Zero Hedge about money that was wasted over the pandemic by government organizations buying high-end furniture while they weren't showing up to work. You talk about an old lady's dream is buying some high-end couch and knowing that no one will ever sit on it. Oh my God, that must be the ultimate old person job in government. 
is sitting there going to, I don't even know where fancy people shop. I, I, I assume this isn't Ikea, Walmart, Amazon sh- furniture. I don't, I, the high-end Herman Miller furniture. There you go. They're going online to the Herman Miller furniture store. And usually when they're buying a couch, they got to get it plastic wrapped to make sure that the comfortable, expensive couch is uncomfortable, but totally sealed in that thick condom shit so that nobody can ruin it. What an old person's wet dream to be able to furniture shop and know no one's ever going to use this furniture. It's going to sit there pristine while we're taking Zoom meetings. What was the cost? The Department of Defense, one, was it one billion? I think that's one billion. One billion, $1.2 billion spent on furniture while they were taking Zoom calls over the pandemic. The uh, Department of State, what did they spend? Three hundred and two million dollars here let's read a little bit of this you ready this is federal furniture spending during the pandemic years the fed spent 26 million dollars on furniture for their conference rooms while their meetings were held on zoom spending included 700,000 by the securities and exchange commission for their new york regional office conference room there you go if the government's trying to round up items for uh, uh, items of obstruction to put where we're not supposed to put a wall because walls are ineffective, but there needs to be something to separate us from them. Maybe we can round up all this unused furniture. Uh, All right, that's the end of the border wall topic. So before we move on, why not take a moment and plug Sheath, the most comfortable underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. You're out there. You've heard me yelling and screaming. You wonder how it is that I'm able to move so agilely between these border wall parts Well, the only way I'm able to do this is because of the good help of the people of sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM and get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. And today, what do we got on? I believe we got the Donald Cerrone's, which I think is one of the most comfortable pairs. I like the ones that go uh, well down the legs. I like that. I don't like the, the European ones, which are real up high. And then, you know, you're walking around naked. It's a little too sexy, even for me. I get too turned on by myself. I'm like, what am I doing here, reading the news and yelling on the Internet when I should be out there just walking around in my sheets showing off my junk to women? And that's not a good thought. So that's why I wear the uh, Cerrone's with the longer-legged ones so I don't get too turned on by the sight of my own quads because, hell yeah, I've been home squatting. Sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM and get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. Support the show and treat your nuts with some respect. All right. Topic. I'd like to delve into at some point in time. Maybe I'm not doing an end of year this year, or at least I don't think I am. Who knows? Maybe my my mood will change. But I'd like to maybe down the line do another uh, like uh, old school Rob's newsroom type piece on food and nutrition. I guess I'm fascinated by uh, government laws and you know stuff that they've done that have just poisoned our food supply. What are they doing that leaves us all hungry and fat fucked and chemicaled up all the time well what what, what I, i'm curious to know and do more research because i was reading uh i've plugged it before i don't know the way the guy's name was pronounced but uh safadano moose's book the fiat standard and he had a great chapter in there all about uh basically government policies and some of the things that they did that totally ruined farming and the good nutritious nature of our food and the, some of the shit's just like funny like food dies Like, I think food dies. They ruin your gut bacteria. And it's like, do I really need to eat processed food that also looks the color of orange of this hat? Like, what what, what would be the natural color? I think clear is fine. And you're just giving me sugar. Do I really need it to be bright, disgusting orange? It's like, you're giving me 
disgusting looking products that look like they're artificial colors. And I don't need the artificial color. The artificial color doesn't even do anything for me. And is it ruining my gut? And if it is ruining my gut, well, why did you guys all sit down and come up with this stuff? Anyways, I've heard from people. I've never been one of these fancy pants going to Europe until Louis J. Gomez and Dave Smith decided to book a Europe tour and bring me with them. But I don't think I'm not going to be in Italy at all. I feel like, I, dude, I haven't eaten cheese in a long time. But I feel like if I was in Italy, I, I would, I would, I would eat myself some Italian pizza. The problem is, I wouldn't even have a great palate for it because I'm so far off the pizza game that maybe what I would need to do is start just snorting some fucking lactate pills. Getting back to New York City, hitting all my hot spots so that I have a good base because. I, this is sickness right here. Why not just go to Italy, eat the one slice, and just enjoy it? Why do you need to have a perfect palate so you can compare it to other pizza and be a cunt and decide whether or not it tops the regular thing that you're used to in New York? Isn't that a sick way of thinking about things? Where you're like, instead of just enjoying this, I'm going to make sure that I have a refined palate of knowing exactly what good tastes like so that hopefully I can show up on the other side of the world and try your version of authentic pizza and just sit there and tell you why it sucks. What a weird way to live your life. To want to be able to just have enough information to shit on things. I think I, I think that is the right way to eat pizza, though. I think if you haven't eaten pizza forever and then you go to Italy, you need, you need a baseline to judge it against. And so you got to go back to all the places in New York that you used to eat pizza all the time and then try it so that you, you can have a baseline for which to compare it. I feel like I'm right again. You know, for a second there, I thought that maybe I had a really sick brain that needed to be fixed. Because that's a very stupid approach to life. But then I realize that's the only way to do it. And I stand by it. And you know what? It's been a long time since uh, um, we've had my old co-host on the show. But I feel like that's a that, that, that would be a good topic to, uh, to, to refer to Yosef on. All right. Anyways, that was a hell of a tangent. What the fuck was I trying to talk about? Right. So article in the Wall Street Journal. You gorged in Europe. So why did you slim down? And uh, they were saying in part because you're on vacation, so you're walking around all the time, walking, 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 walking. Also, maybe you're eating fancier meals instead of doing all the snacking, so there's a calorie reduction. But then right in the article, they're also like, yeah, we put a lot of processed bullshit up in our food that in Europe they don't. And uh, it's going to be a topic for next year. I'd like to delve into a little bit. Like, what the fuck have we done to our food? That it looks like food, tastes like food. Why is it killing me? Here's another topic that uh, is brewing that I'm interested in, which is, all right, listen, I'm not, I'm not a good investor. In fact, I lose money. I lose money with most of my investing, and I know enough about finance to know all like the fucking formulas, equations, and shit that I'm not even looking at. Or I've been in rooms with people who are good at technical charting. I'm like, I don't know any of this. I don't really follow the markets. I, 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 I know nothing. I'm very unsophisticated when it comes to the investing. If anything, I've said it before, I stick away from the S&Ps because I still think you got all sorts of quantitative easing money in the system that's fucking boost rocking prices up. It's all a big game of what do you think they're going to create a credit asset bubble and next and can you ride the, ride the wave? Can you get in and out of the thing on time before the feds decide they're going to go inflate some other bubble? If anything, you want to spread your chips far and wide across the table so that whatever seesaw thing they inflate by taking and depressing some other asset, you're going up the saw ride of whatever the feds inflating that's basically my overarching theory of investing but what the fuck do i know every once in a while though i do see 
the market's getting all hyped up for something like Peloton. You're like, all right, how, how many Pelotons are you guys really going to move? But for some reason, everyone gets all excited. Oh, it's this new way. People are staying at home. They're buying these machines. They got good profit margins. And the market gets all amped up and excited. And then poof, two years later, this shit disappears because it was never that exciting. It was a fucking spin bike at home with classes, whatever. I don't know how this could be that exciting. Crocs. It's a shoe that doesn't have a back that has holes in it that's cheap plastic. How many of these are people really going to buy? Oh, but people get real excited for that growth. I see the opposite happen with Ozempic. Now you got people who are like, so many people are going to be taking Ozempic and their fat fuckery is going to be solved. All these equipment and items that existed to treat fat fuckery are going to go away. We're not, no one's going to move chips again. If 7% of the population ends up on Ozempic, we're, who's going to be eating all the chips? We're, 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 is really everything just being consumed by the fattest amongst us? That if 7% of the population ends up on Ozempic, you're, you're not going to need uh, respirator machines anymore? All of a sudden, every single thing for the snoring people are going to be pulled off the market? You're telling me all of junk food is going to collapse on account of the Ozempics? How many guys think Ozempic's even going to still be around in 10 years from now? I wonder. I wonder. You, you know, when it came to those mRNAs, we're all a little bit suspicious of uh, of these new technologies. Whatever happens to that Chantex stuff for smoking, I heard those turkeys are back on their cigarettes and they got more cancer than ever. That's what I last read. But what do you guys think? You think uh, all of this market hype about all the items? Uh, that'd be a fun index fund. The fat fuckery fuck fund of America. And while we can wait like six months and as all the prices come down because people are very excited about Ozempic and that there will be no more fat fuckery, we can go big time long on fat fuckery. We can put all the chips on fat fuckery and, 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 and then what will happen is as the Ozempics go away, as uh, insurance companies aren't paying for it, as it turns out it doesn't work, or as people's genes overcome whatever that hum reduction is. You know what I mean? Because what, what it's doing is it's reducing that, that sugar hum. And But what happens when people break through it? You know what I mean? Like we're only looking at year one of Ozempic where it reduces the sugar hum. But what happens when in like a clockwork orange, when all of a sudden he breaks free from that nauseous feeling he gets when he wants to be violent, and he's got that little smirk on his face when he realizes, oh, I can eat sugar again. All right, we got a couple other random topics to close out this episode. Oh, but before we do, what a great opportunity to plug our other loyal sponsor of the show, PremierPharma.com. If you're out there, you've got an independent pharmacy, a doctor's office, you want to get cheaper generics to your patients, go talk to the good people over at PremierPharma.com because you can be saving your patients as much as 30 maybe 40 I said as much because I don't actually know what the savings are. But go talk to the Premier Pharma people, and you can save your patients a whole bundle of money on their generic medications. All right, now we're in the random territory. We'll close out with the Israel thing, and that will be our episode. But I'm always yelling about how green energy stuff, it's always, it's always a big old scam. It's people, they're, they're just trying to steal off your charity. You know, people realize that you want to feel good about yourself. They realize that you want to give charity. And so the biggest scumbags come in and they let you pretend like you're actually doing good things. Because the whole green energy thing, it's just a racket. 
you think you're recycling and it ends up taking up more, uh, uh, putting more carbon into the universe is they've got to send the plastic back to China for them to burn it, to reprocess it, to ship it back here and sell it to you again. You think uh, when you sign up for, uh, for, for, and you get yourself a Tesla instead of an actual car, you're going to be helping the environment until you get into an accident in year four, and then all of a sudden the car's just dead because the batteries can't be recycled, and now you got a whole entire car that needs to be thrown out that's only been on the road for four years. Or... You start working as a diversity, inclusion, whatever officer, and then it turns out that you're just actually representing the devil as he tries to impose socialism on all of us so that big corporations don't have to compete. Remember that. The elites don't like to compete. It's all one big scam. That's all it is. It's people preying on your goodwill and your good energy so that they could steal from you. And so I like to highlight the articles about this, and here was one. This was over 100 bodies found at Colorado funeral home launching criminal investigation. At least 115 decaying bodies were discovered at a southern Colorado funeral home that advertises green burials. Officials say Friday. I don't know why just putting someone on the ground isn't considered green or burning them. I guess that's green. Then you don't even have to deal with the decomposing body. Maybe the flames aren't green. Maybe you could use the dead body corpses to heat people's homes. People who were kind enough (laughs) to no longer use oil to heat their homes, why not donate your loved ones to poor people who believe in green energy and won't use oil to heat their homes? Officials said Friday, investigators were led to Penrose, Colorado funeral home after complaints this past week of a foul smell amanting from the property. The funeral homeowner, John Halford, spoke to federal agents and acknowledged that he has a problem at the property. According to a letter from state regulators adding that he practices taxidermy at the site, Fremont County coroner Randy Keller said in the press conference that it could take months to identify all of the deceased. The funeral home's website said it practiced environmentally friendly burials that did not use embalming fluids or metal caskets. But Jews don't use metal caskets. They just use wooden caskets. They throw you in the ground. You decompose. That's it. I guess environmentally friendly. But here you go. Every time it's environmentally friendly, it's just, it's always a racket. And along those lines, there was a uh, Zero Hedge article, DC's revolving door is swinging briskly for the eco-green eyeshade people. I'll just read this one paragraph. Washington's revolving door is getting a fresh green paint job. Federal architects of a controversial new rule requiring businesses to measure their carbon footprints throughout their supply chains have joined a startup company poised to reap millions by performing those calculations. I read through the article, but I kind of spaced down on the specifics. I was like, I already know this story. I already know this story. Before he even told me the story, I knew the story. Remember when uh, they tried to say that not only should the Federal Reserve have a mandate to try and balance employment with inflation, well, maybe they also need to step in and worry about carbon emissions. And then they decided, well, maybe that's not a good idea, but you know what the SEC should do is if we're going to be able to return profits to BlackRock in trying to institute this new ESG score agenda across the entire economy, what we're going to need is for corporations to start reporting on whether or not they are green energy compliant. And the only way that we can do that is if it's mandated by government through force, because otherwise you wouldn't want a division of your company devoted to, in reality, 
manipulating numbers to make it look like you're falling within these compliance scores while no one actually does it. And then it becomes like a tax fraud scheme of, am I wealthy enough to afford the best people to make sure that I don't have to actually pay these taxes? Oh, look, I hire the guys who knows how to get me the carbon credits to offset all of this so I can pretend like I'm compliant while doing more pollution than anyone else. That's what the real scheme is. And so the SEC steps in. It's like an, it's just like a new compliance regula regulation. That's how you end up getting rid of your competitors because they can't afford to do the compliance that you can. And so BlackRock and these other big-ass players, they step in and they try and institute. Everyone's going to have to be reporting their stuff. And then lo and behold, you wouldn't believe it, but the people that were working on the legislation that were going to force everybody to have to start spending money doing the math on whether or not I think it's carbon or whatever the fuck else they're using are also the people that were creating the private company that you would have to hire to do all these things. Elites don't like to compete. If you can get government to step in and force everyone to buy some horse shit from you, why would you actually go out into the market and produce a product that has value? What's easier than working with the government to force people to buy bullshit from you? You guys can go read that full article. I got bored. I tried reading it twice, and I was like, I already know what the story is without even reading it. All right, and now we'll close it out with uh, with some with some miserable talk. Before we do, quick reminder, Summer Porch Tour. You got Las Vegas, you got Tucson, Arizona, you got Phoenix, Arizona. I believe that's two weeks out from now. I'll have some new dates coming in December. I've got Europe and uh, some other tour dates with Dave Smith. You can go to comicdavesmith.com for all the tour dates with him. I think we're out in San Diego. Uh, but come out, DJ Dad, Las Vegas. That's going to be a big one. And then I'm going to be out with uh, Kyle Ruff doing the two Arizona gigs. And this is your last chance to experience summer. Because summer's over for everyone else, unless you come to this magical place called Summer Porch Tour, in which case it is still summer. All right. Uh, you know, before we do this topic, I'll let you guys just inspect the border wall because I'm, I'm going to take a piss. You, you know, usually I'm pacing around just because like a mancy, But now I'm actually pacing around because I got to pee. Look, I'm even doing like... Little kid shelf where you're like, hey, buddy, you got to pee? Kind of. All right, so I'm going to go take a quick piss. You guys can entertain yourselves. It's not going to be very long, and we won't edit this moment. So it's going to be like a really quick piss. It's going to be a quick one because it's mostly coffee. It's not really like a like a well-hydrated, watery piss as much as it's uh, I had a whole bunch of espresso. All right, I'm, I'm going to quit talking. I'm going to go use the bathroom, and we'll come back. We'll do the last topic. Back in a second. You know what? I had a moment of reflection while I was peeing, and we'll do Israel talk on the next episode. Oh, but we can we can do this one thing, which was uh, Zelensky on Israel attack. Everyone who values life must stand in solidarity. But this isn't going to affect my check, right? <laughs> 
I said it from the beginning of this Ukraine war that Israel must be sitting around going, how's this Jew getting all of our Jew money? And you know that Zelensky is on a phone right now, like, hey, or, or maybe they do rocks, paper, scissors, shoot for who gets more of American money. Listen, we'll do a, a longer segment on this. And to be honest, I don't really have any uh, any big expertise because, um, you know, sometimes there's like top of the stream issues and then like lower to the stream issues. So at the top of the stream is just why are we spending money in these other areas? Uh, as an American, I'm American first and love Israel, spent time in Israel, got family in Israel. Don't think we got to be spending a shit ton of money over there. Down the stream from there is, I guess, what the fuck is going on in the Gaza area, which I don't really have any expertise about and I don't know that much about. Um, and then, of course, I can go on and on like everyone else. Oh, I feel bad for these people, but I also feel bad for these people. And uh, can't we all get along and platitudes and gratitudes and Sure, I feel even worse than everyone else that these bad things are happening to people. And I believe that we all could get a whatever, you know, I'm tired at this point. And so we can do that in the next episode where I can showcase all of my amazing compassion for the people on both sides who, you know, just uh, why don't we both come here and build a border wall together (laughs) so that we can keep our Mexicans out. How's that a solution to the problem? Palestinians need jobs. The Jews are building good at building walls. And we've got unused border wall parts that we could uh, start, you know, going around the country and seeing where it ended up. All right. We got another episode, maybe even tomorrow. We're going to do a lot of episodes this week because I'm actually home and we're backlogged on topics. We're all juiced up. So tomorrow, there's been a whole bunch of financial topics or Wednesday that I've been wanting to get into. So we'll read through that. We'll do more of an Israel thing. And I didn't even look at today's news where... It looked like Israel was going back to bombing, which didn't seem too workable. And you get your general going, these are animals, so we're going to treat them like animals. And that didn't seem too workable. But then, you know, going into the area and being terrorists and, you know, killing random people. All right, like I said, platitudes and gratitudes on the next episode. That is our episode back Tuesday or Wednesday or maybe even Friday with a whole nother episode. Sayonara. I bid you to keep rolling up. Shedcast lines.